You're listening to the weekly Barsha podcast recorded with Hashem's help in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel, 5768, 2008. This week's Barsha is Parshas Bo. And Parshas Bo presents us with a number of interesting and perplexing questions, as always, as we always seem to find in the Parsha. And the lesson that we'll take out from this Parsha is certainly very important. And not only that, but it's vastly important. It's deeply important because, again, as we mentioned two weeks ago, these Parshios, the Parshas that we're discussing, the Parshas of Yetzias Mitzrayim, of the Exodus from Egypt, is so fundamental to Yiddishkeit, is so fundamental to Judaism, the lessons that we take out of here are something that we need to take with us every single day. Whenever we see the words, Zecher Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, reminding us of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we need to be reminded of these ideas. And this Tavar Torah that you're about to listen to, listen very carefully, because it's something fundamental that we need to take with us every single day. Now let's begin with a number of questions. The first question I want to pose to you is as follows. Towards the end of this week's parsha, we find the command to the people of Israel. Moshe is told to tell the people, that on the 10th day of Nisan, they're to set aside a lamb. And that lamb, they're going to take on the 14th day of Nisan, they're going to sacrifice it, and they're going to eat the food, they're going to roast it and eat it, and they're going to take blood from that from that lamb, and they're going to wipe it on the doorposts, on either side of the doorposts. And that blood is going to present for them a protection from this destroyer that's going out that night. On the 14th night of Nisan, the destroyer went out to kill all of the Bechorim, all of the firstborns of the Egyptians, and it will protect the Jews from that destruction. The first question is like this. We find that in Parsha's Va'era, in last week's Parsha, at the end of the plague of the wild beasts, so Paro calls in Moshe and says to him, you go, why don't you just serve your God in, in, in the land? Do it here. Why do you have to go out to Sinai? Just do it here. And what does Moshe respond? He says, No, I can't do it. Because we are going to be sacrificing the disgustingness of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, the people of Egypt, they worship sheep. We can't, be possi- we can't possibly be going and sacrificing in front of them the sheep. That was what Moshe Rabbeinu said to Paro. The problem here is glaring. Why is it that previously Moshe said himself that the Jews can't possibly do such a thing because they would be stoned by the Egyptians? Why is God now asking the, the Jews to do just that? To take the sheep, which is the Toavas Mitzrayim, the disgusting abomination of the, of the Egyptians, to take that sheep, the thing that they worship, and to destroy it in front of their eyes. Why is God asking us to do this? That's the first question. The second question is that we see that if not for the fact that they would take that blood and put it upon the doorposts on either side, the destroyer would be able to come and destroy the Jews. How could that be? These people who have been loyal to God throughout so many years, and God is about to take them out of Egypt. He's about to take them to their final redemption. Why is it that they need this action in order to save them from the destroyer that's going to kill all the firstborn of the Egyptians? And and, and anyway, the Egyptians themselves, they had done so much evil that they deserved this, this punishment. Why would the Jews get such a punishment if they didn't put on this blood on their doorposts? Another important point that bears mentioning here and also needs explanation is that we find that the Pesach offering, this offering that God commands the people of Israel right now to bring, it's the first time ever in the history of man that a person will partake of an, a sacrificial offering. Always before this, we always, we always had a concept of an ola, a complete burnt offering. Whenever a person would bring an offering to God, it would always be completely burnt on the altar. Whereas over here, this is the first time that we ever find that a person is going to partake and actually eat part of the offering. Why is it now? Why is that happening now? And why is this offering different? So to answer all these questions, Rav Vigdor Miller says a tremendously foundational idea. This is something that we need to take with us, so listen carefully, hear it really well. 
The idea is as follows. One of the purposes, the, one of the main purposes of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, of the exodus of, from Egypt, and for all of these miracles, all of the plagues that, that Egypt underwent, was to show that the people of Israel are completely different from the people of Egypt. The people of Egypt are one nation, and the Jewish nation is a totally separate nation with special intervention by God. The Jewish people have a special eye, always watching over them, always taking care of them, as opposed to all other nations. The Jewish people are completely different. It's an idea that's echoed over and over again in the Torah, and specifically here by Makas Bachoris, by the plague of the firstborn, the Torah says in chapter 11, verse 7, The purpose of this Makkah, of this plague, was in order that the world know, that everyone know, and really that the Jews themselves know, that Hashem makes a difference between Egypt and between Israel. The people of Israel are unique and different, and there's no other nation like them, and no one else has the same divine providence as them, and no one has the same quality of soul as them. This separation, this difference was demonstrated time after time in the previous plagues, where God showed that He was only putting the plagues upon the people of Egypt and not on the people of Israel. Wherever you were in Goshen, you would have light. If you were in, if you were in Egypt, you would have darkness. Wherever the Jews were, there was, there was always goodness. There was never any difficulties. There were never any plagues. Wherever the Egyptians were, that's where the plagues were. God showed clearly, undisputedly, that the Jews were a special people and there was special divine providence upon them, and the plagues were specifically for the Egyptians. Now, not only was this distinction between the people of Israel and all the other nations something that was innate to their nature, but it was something that God needed that the people of Israel recognize for themselves and make a distinction for themselves that they realize that they are different. Because only once the Jewish people realize that they're different and realize that God is divinely and intimately involved in their lives, only then could God indeed be intimately involved in their lives and save them from any evil. And that's why God said to the people of Israel, you must go now and take a sheep. That sheep, which is the God of the people of Egypt, you have to take it and sacrifice it. You have to give up that God of Egypt. Because there were many people in Egypt who were Jews, who unfortunately had followed after the ways of the Egyptians. And they had been affected by the culture around them, that Egyptian culture. They had to show, every single Jew had to show that they were no longer attached to that culture. In fact, Chazal tell us, and this is frightening, it's scary, but it's true. And we have to take it in mind because it's something that's important for us to know because it's something that will happen also before Mashiach comes, before the Messiah comes. And that is that during the plague of darkness, four-fifths of Klal four-fifths of the people of Israel passed away. They were not ready to leave Egypt. They were not ready to give up their comforts, their Egyptian culture. They were too attached to the culture that they were involved in. And because of that, they had to die. They could not make it out of Egypt. And that's why there was an idea of, of saving that had to happen. Kalisar was afraid during Makas Bechorah, says Rav Vigdemil. They were scared. There was, Pazak says that Hashem saved them. What was the saving? Because there was a danger looming over their heads of absolute destruction that would befall them if they attached themselves to the Egyptian culture, to the culture around them. However, as soon as they attached themselves to God and they showed their fidelity, their faithfulness to God, that's when they could be saved. And that's why Hashem specifically commanded them to take the sheep, that abomination of Egypt, and to sacrifice it, to show their, their readiness, their willingness to be stoned for God, to give up their lives for God. Once they showed that, then Hashem would protect them from the destroyer. Now let's go back to one of the questions that we asked previously, that we haven't yet answered, and I think we'll be, be able to build on what we've said now, and be able to find an answer for this, this question as well.
The question that we asked was, why is it that the Paschal Lamb was different from, than all previous sacrifices? All previous sacrifices, we had an, there was an idea that there's a Korban Ola. It's a complete sacrifice that's completely given over to God. It's completely consumed on the Mizbech itself, on the altar. As opposed to this Paschal sacrifice, what happened? It was roasted and then it was eaten by the people of Israel. Why is it that all of a sudden there's a brand new thing in the world? It's called a Korban that the people eat. What happened? What changed? What was different? So Havigdor Miller explains that at this moment in time, there was a new reality that was coming into existence. And that was the reality of the Jewish people. As he said, the Jewish people are a brand new nation, a separate nation, a nation unto God, a special nation, a unique nation. There's a special Ashkacha Pratis, a special divine providence that's true, that applies only to them. But not only that, but the people of Israel are Kadosh, they're holy, and they're special and different. One of the ways that we see, says Rabbi Vigner Miller, that the people of Israel, and not just the people of Israel, but every single individual and every individual body in the people of Israel was different. How do we see that? There's a concept that the Jewish people now have the new, new laws, it's called dietary laws. There are special things that they can and cannot eat. And it's not true for non-Jews, it's not true for any other nation. It's only special laws for the people of Israel. Because the Jewish bodies are different. The Jewish bodies are holier. The Jewish bodies are more special. And because of that, they have to only ingest certain things. Because since they're on a higher spiritual level, and even their bodies are raised because of this higher spiritual level, they can only eat special things and only special foods. Says of Victor Miller that that's also the reason why at this point the Jewish people were allowed to eat from a korban, from a sacrifice to God. Because their bodies, because they became holy now, they became unique and holy to God. That's why now they could eat this korban, this sacrifice could be consumed within their bodies and it's like being consumed upon an altar. Because since they became holy and special to God, now their bodies could act as an altar. And that's why at this point there's a chiyuv, there's a requirement an obligation for each and every individual to eat from the Korban Pesach. And that's specifically why the Torah says that a non-Jew is not permitted to eat from the Korban Pesach. Because the sacrifice is only for the Jewish people. The Jewish people are unique. Through this sacrifice, and again, we have to remind ourselves, this sacrifice was what represented the fact that the Jewish people were devoting themselves completely and exclusively to God and removing themselves from the Egyptian culture and from any effects of the Egyptian culture. They were totally removing themselves. They were showing, we reject Egyptian culture. We reject the outside culture. We devote ourselves and give ourselves completely to God. We're ready to make whatever sacrifice is necessary. And because the people of Israel did this, that's why God saved them. Yes, God saved them. Because they should have died along with the Egyptians. But they didn't. Because since they were ready to give up that Egyptian culture, Hashem was ready to bring them out of Egypt, bestow His everlasting divine providence upon them, and bring them to Sinai, give them the Torah, and make them into a brand new nation called the Jewish nation. Now it's important for us to understand that Hashem specifically went and took the people of Israel and put them into this culture of Egypt because He wanted to take away the dross. He wanted to take away the leftovers of the Jewish people, the people who couldn't survive in this situation. He wanted to separate them out. And He wanted to only take the best, the best, the best of Kali Yisrael, the best of the people of Israel. And whoever would survive and stay faithful to God, that's who God wanted. Because that's who God knew would be able to be the forefathers of a nation that would be able to endure forever. Now, let's think about this, how it applies to ourselves, and I think it's pretty obvious. But you know, you look at the Gullahs that we're in today, this exile that we're in today, it doesn't seem on the surface so bad. 
especially in America. You know, we can do whatever we want. We can live the lifestyle that we want to live. However, because the culture that we live in is so beautiful and so inviting and so wonderful and so warm, it's so easy for that American culture, the backwards American culture, to seep into our lives, to seep into our homes. All it takes is a television. You have a television in your home. That television is allowing all of the non-Jewish culture, all of the non-Jewish values into your home and teaching your children exactly how to behave. And it's not going to be in accordance with the Torah. And it's not going to bring us closer to God. We have to always ask ourselves, every single thing that we do, is this going to connect me to God? Is this something that's going to bring me closer to Hashem? And if the answer is no, we have to reject it. And just like the people of Israel, when they were in Mitzrayim, when they were in Egypt, they had to reject the Egyptian culture and they had to destroy the abomination of the Egyptians, that idolatry. We also have to stand up and we have to reject the things that take us down and pull us away from Hashem. We have to take our televisions and we have to throw them out the window. We have to take the YouTubes and we have to turn it off. We have to stop ourselves and realize that the only way to connect to God, the only way to show Hashem that we are really loyal to Him, is by rejecting the culture around us and rejecting the things that will pull us away from God. And in a certain sense right now, these days, all the rabbis, all the rabbis right now are saying that we're in the times that are very, very, very close to Mashiach, very close to the Messiah. And this time Hashem is testing us, He's selecting, He's seeing who's going to make it. And you know who's going to make it? It's the same thing as in Mitzrayim. Four-fifths of the people of Israel did not make it to get out. They didn't leave Mitzrayim. They did not leave Egypt. And it was because they were too connected to the culture that was around them. They couldn't extricate themselves from it. They couldn't look and see. And they couldn't say, God is what I really want. I really want to connect to God. We have to look at ourselves and say to ourselves, Am I disconnecting from the culture around me? Am I too connected to the culture around me? Is my shi'ifa, is my desire 100% me'a achuz? Is it all for Hashem? Is that what I really want in life? Or do I really want wealth? Do I really want a nice house? Do I really want sofas? Do I really want nice clothing, nice foods, nice, everything nice, everything physical? If that's what, if that's what my focus in life is, if that's my main thing in life, Hashem is going to say, well, if that's what you want, you can stay here. But if my main focus in life, and my main desire in life, and my main shi'ifa, my main desire, my hopes, my aspirations, it's all just to come close to Hashem. If that's my desire, Hashem is going to say, come, come my son, it's time to come home. It's time to come back to Eretz Yisrael. It's time to come back to Israel. But what, when we hear the shofar blowing, we're going to think, oh, why did I have to come today? I'm making a chasana tonight. Why did I have to come today? I, I'm, I have a business meeting today. I have a business meeting tomorrow. I'm about to make my million. Is that what we're going to think? If that's what we're going to think, heaven forbid, I don't want to say what's going to happen. Our thought has to be, and we have to prepare ourselves, our thought has to be that as soon as we hear that shofar, as soon as we hear Mashiach is finally here, we're going to say, we're going to jump for joy, we're going to be, wow, I can't wait, finally, a real connection to God, finally, a real connection to Hashem. That's what we have to look forward to. That's the message of this week's Parsha. That's something that we have to think about every single time that we see the words Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. We have to remind ourselves it was a Yitzhiya. It was a leaving, an exodus from Mitzrayim. The exodus was, it's important. These words are so important. The exodus was we left Mitzrayim. We left that culture. We left the Egyptian culture. We left the outside culture. And we, we walked into the waiting arms of Hashem. And Hashem said, Come my children, I'm going to show you how you should really live. I'm going to show you how to connect to me. I'm going to show you what real life is about. And it's not about a car. And it's not about television. And it's not about nice houses and nice sofas and nice foods and nice clothings. It's about real, real, real joy, real happiness, real connection to me. That's what Hashem says.
And that's what we have the opportunity to do every single day. We live in this culture. We have the ability to reject the culture and really attach ourselves, learn the Torah, really come close to Hashem, really find out what it's all about, really find out what Hashem really wants from us, really connect to spirituality. And that way I want to bless you and bless me and all of Kal Yisrael, all of the people of Israel, that we should only come close to Hashem and Hashem should bring His Shekhinah into our lives and into the lives of the entire world. We should see Mashiach and hear of Yameinu very soon and speedily in our days. Good job,